from APM. This is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Girls in the United States graduate from high school at higher rates than boys. This gap is much more pronounced among African-American students and students from low-income families than it is for their white and higher-income peers. In order to find out why the female-male education gap disproportionately affects poor children, researchers from Northwestern, MIT, and the University of Florida looked at birth and academic data for more than a million children in Florida from 200,000 families between 1992 and 2002. They discovered that compared to girls, boys born into poverty are more likely to skip school than their more affluent peers, and they're less likely to graduate high school. They are also more likely to commit serious crimes as juveniles. David Figlio is one of the researchers behind the report. He's a professor of education, social policy, and economics at Northwestern University. He joins me on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks very much. So while this gender gap in high school graduation and college was reversing, it's starting to widen and rise faster for children of minority families. Your team wanted to find out why. And what exactly were you trying to discover as you went into this study? Well, there are lots of different reasons why um, boys from African-American households or Latino households might do uh, worse compared to their sisters relative to uh, those from white households. And they could be cases of statistical discrimination. It could be that there are differences in terms of factors that were present at the time of birth. It could be things that happen uh, because of the neighborhoods, et cetera. One of the things we really wanted to try to do is see if we can pin down one very important channel, and that was the fact that racial and ethnic minorities in America are more disadvantaged than our whites. Is that a major driver of the of this uh, relationship? So in order to try to figure out whether disadvantage per se is going on, that's the reason we had to start looking into uh, comparing brothers and sisters within the same family. Because there, here are two people who, by definition, have the same, are experiencing the same degree of disadvantage. The next thing we wanted to do is try to say, is it disadvantage? Advantage per se, or is it the things that accompany disadvantage, like, for example, poorer neighborhoods, different schools? So we were able to go and compare kids from different socioeconomic backgrounds within the same neighborhoods going to the same schools. We were able to determine that, that this driver was not the schools, different schools kids are going to. Good schools are good for everybody, boys and girls, but not differentially good for boys. And it wasn't the neighborhood. Good neighborhoods are better for everybody, boys and girls, but not differentially for boys. So that's when we started to say, okay, well, it's not things like institutions, like schools and neighborhoods. It's the disadvantage itself. We then wanted to see, is this disadvantage that was present before the children were born, or was this disadvantage that uh, in early life experiences that seemed to make a difference? And so there, that's one reason why the birth records are so important, besides helping us to, uh, to figure out who's siblings with whom. Well, what did you find out relative to whether being born into it or sort of sliding into disadvantage was more destructive? Well, in fact, what we found is that along a whole wide raft of questions, such as birth weight or likelihood of having obvious abnormalities at birth, complications of labor and delivery, you name it, everything on the birth certificate, there's no relationship. 
there's no relationship between disadvantage and the boy-girl gap in that. But by the time kids hit kindergarten, a big gap had opened up. So there was this gap that where the, the more advantaged the family is, the smaller the gap between boys and girls in terms of kindergarten readiness, the less advantaged they are, the bigger the gap. And that was true for kindergarten readiness. It was true for test scores from as early as we could measure to as late as we could measure. It's true for truancy. It's true for misbehavior. It's true for high school graduation. It's true for juvenile crime. What did you find out or, or could you figure out what it was about boys that made them, you know, essentially more sensitive to disadvantage than girls. I mean, that appears to be what's going on here. Well, there are two things that are difficult to tease out, and this is where we uh, we think this is a challenge for future research, both things we're doing as well as others. So we can't tell whether or not these differences are because boys are differentially sensitive to disadvantage And this could be because maybe boys need more parental attention. Maybe boys may need um, different levels of things that money helps buy them, et cetera. We don't know. Um, But it also might not be differential sensitivity. It may be differential parental investment. So it could be that the more advantaged the family is, the more parents are able to give the right types of investments to their sons relative to their daughters. And that could actually be the case, too. So we don't know if it's parenting or parental investment that's responsible for this or if it's uh, differential sensitivity. I have a sneaking suspicion based on some suggestive evidence that it's a little bit of both. But that's exactly where we're heading with this research agenda. At what age does this gender gap really begin to widen in kids who are from disadvantaged families? Somewhere between birth and age five. So one thing that I am working on now, just beginning to start on, is I have um, a uh, wonderful pediatric psychiatry colleague who has collected lots of exciting information about behavior and competency that we're seeing in, in, in uh, the toddler years. And so one thing that we're really interested in doing, but we don't have the answer to yet, is looking within her data to see, okay, at age two or three, are we seeing these gaps opening up, or do we not see the gaps opening up until five? The idea here is that, obviously, at all ages, we should be concerned about um, boys in modern-day America, but especially boys from disadvantaged backgrounds. But what this is saying is that something happened between birth and age five that's causing these issues. Is this research, do you think, complete enough to make any recommendations about what schools ought to do? Well, I think the first thing that we know is that good schools help everyone. So it's definitely the case that we as society should continue to invest in good schools. There is research outside of my research team that suggests that there are things that might be possible that could be particularly beneficial for remediation. So my colleague, uh, John Gurian, and a University of Chicago colleague, Jens Ledwig, and others, for example, have been doing exciting work uh, looking at cognitive behavioral therapy for adolescent boys, largely, who were in juvenile detention situations. They found that if you give cognitive behavioral therapy to these um, juvenile uh, detention inmates, they are less likely to be recidivists and more likely to return to school. So that's an example of a way in which I think these are kids who are 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, That suggests that it's never too late. But at the same time, 
from a societal perspective, if disadvantage is helping to cause the so-called boy problem, then we need to shine the light on disadvantage and try to figure out ways to help to fix this situation. David Figlio is a professor of education, social policy, and economics at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. He co-authored the new paper, Family Disadvantage and the Gender Gap in Behavioral and Educational Outcomes. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You can find a link to the study on why boys are falling behind at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. That's where you can find more podcast episodes and you can browse through the archive of more than 100 documentary projects. We'd also love to hear what this podcast made you think about and whether or not you'll share it with friends or colleagues. Did it change any of your thinking about the gender gap in classrooms? Let us know at AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can click on the About tab and then choose Share Your Impact Story. We are on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and you can follow us on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Spencer Foundation, Lumina Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.